You are listening to the Estheticians Earning More podcast with Brittany Hakeman, episode number 28. Welcome to the Estheticians Earning More podcast. On this podcast, we talk about how to love your esthetician business without the hustle, exhaustion, or overwhelm as it booms into a successful business. I teach simple ways how to approach your business that gives you your life back while still growing a profitable business. I grew BLH Beauty in San Diego to a six-figure business, and I learned a lot along the way, which I'm excited to share with you here. So let's get started. Okay, guys, I am a little bit over the top excited right now. I'm a little bit of a lot right now. As my husband tells me, I'm actually not cool enough to say those trendy phrases, but I'm using it, okay? I'm using it today. Tell me if I used it right. Um... Today's episode is such a fun episode. It's actually going to be the first of many, I hope. I have a few other amazing estheticians lined up. I'm calling it Actual Estheticians Earning More because I'm interviewing estheticians who are bosses in their business and that they have successful, profitable businesses and um, learning about their story. That's where we're starting. I want to learn about their stories, how they became estheticians, all of it. And we're starting with, um, our first and only podcast guest so far, and that is Molly Markland. And she's been on the podcast before, and she's such a cool person. And I will, would tell you her bio, but then that gives away the whole podcast. Um, This is a longer podcast than I normally record. And let me know if you like it. Let me know if you want me to split it up into multiple episodes, if this is just too much or too perfect. Maybe it's perfect being longer. I don't know. Either way, you're going to want to grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine or listen to it over a few days um, to and from work. However, you listen to your podcast. I'm not sure. Today, we talk about our love of um, face reality, really. We are a face reality friend fan girls. Uh, we talk about how expensive it is to be an esthetician business owner, why we recommend learning to be an esthetician as an employee. Um, one of the things that she shares a couple times is how money really comes into your life when you need it for certain things. And she did, it wasn't something that like she was planning to tell me, but it kind of just came when she told me her story, which is so sweet. She talks about how she manages her wait list, which I know a lot of people are interested in. And I think the most important thing we talk about is why we love the Olive Garden. So saddle up, guys. Get ready. Um, we, I give you Miss Molly Markland. But before that, a quick word from our sponsor. Okay. Hi, Molly. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for giving us some more of your time. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me back. I am so excited because today you're going to tell us your story. I, I talked a little, I think we talked a little bit about it last time you were on, but um, I am really excited. I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I know that the listeners will be also really excited just to hear like how you built your business how you decided to do different things in your business and kind of how it, it is today. So yeah, um, I'm excited to tell you. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. What did you do before you were an esthetician? 
Okay. So before I was an esthetician, I did a lot of like bottom of the barrel type jobs. Like I was a cashier. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at like a burger and fry place. You know, <laughs> those like early 20s jobs. Yeah. Um, when I discovered what an esthetician was, I was a cashier at a health food store. Okay. Um, and a friend or an acquaintance from high school who's now a friend, (laughs) came in and she was wearing all white scrubs. Okay. And I was like, what are you doing? Are you a nurse? (laughs) And she was like, I'm actually in the esthetician program at Marinello. And I was like, what is an esthetician? And she told me and then I just immediately like could not stop thinking about it. Went home, signed up. And yeah, here we are. (laughs) And how quickly after that conversation did you start school? Um, I think I started having like the initial like couple interviews that you do before school, like maybe a couple weeks after. Okay. Um, and when I when you're starting something and you're just kind of like putting your feelers out there and mentioning it to people, I got a lot of the typical. Yeah, I'm sure you know. Oh, it's not a real job. Yep. It's like um. Yeah, you're not going to make any money. Right. It's a scam. Trade schools are a scam. Beauty school is a scam. All that stuff. But for some reason, I mean, I sort of listened to it, but obviously not that closely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it did get me down a bit. Okay. But I'm glad I followed through with it and just listened to my heart, as cheesy as that sounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had the same experience I shared that I think already in the podcast that um, not so much friends and family because I had switched careers so many times. They're like, oh yeah, here you go. <laughs> um, yeah. cause I was a little bit older. I was in my thirties, but, um, you just random people like acquaintances and things like that. Be like, oh yeah, you're not like you, you're going to be making, you know, $10 an hour. You might as well right. just be a server or something. Um, right. very, you know, kind of unencouraging. Dismissive. Yeah, yeah. Dismissive. Yes. What, what did you, do you remember like what you told yourself to keep going forward or like what, like, even though it maybe like you said, it kind of brought you down a little bit, but like what? Um, do I don't remember anything specific. I just remember thinking, you know, this is back in 2016. So I was like, I think I was like 22, maybe mm-hmm. Um, there I had done, you know, college and I tried multiple different things and there was just nothing that I really felt passionate about or I was really excited about. And I was kind of like, this has to work, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, I don't really know what else I'm going to do. And I just feel so excited and passionate about this that I, there was no other option. So just do what you got to do. Yeah. So I I think, I think you've kind of said it right there. Like it had to work and you, there was no other option. So you just made it work for you. Right. And I wasn't getting into it for the money either. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, growing up, I never really envisioned myself even making as much money as I do now. Yeah. Uh, I never thought that I would be able to like, you know, drive the car that I want to drive or live the way that I want to live necessarily because right. I just grew up poor. Okay. And so it wasn't the money that was drawing me towards this. Um, and I didn't know any other estheticians, you know, so I didn't have anybody to compare myself to. Okay. Um, to see like, oh, look at Brittany. She's doing this. I right. want to be like her. Right. I literally just started and figured out what it was as I was going. Right. When did so, you, yeah. what, what 
because I graduated in 2000. I started school in 2016 and graduated. When um, did you graduate? What month? Do you remember? Uh, I think I graduated in February and I was licensed in April because I don't know if you remember when Marinello shut down. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about that. Yep. <laughs> I was the last, I was literally like the last you person were. at my school to graduate wow. before they shut down. And I really, I mean, I had to be very <laughs> direct and persistent and I don't even really know what I said, but I was like, I am not leaving here without my hours. And so I got them. So you advocated for yourself. You made sure that it yeah. happened. I think yeah. that's such an important thing in business. And it's like, I bet you that'll be a theme of many things you talk about today is like how you're like, no, this is what I need to do for me and my business. And like, that's right. why you're so successful today is because you, you advocated for yourself, for your future business, your future self. And was like, no, 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 I've paid money. I'm going to get my hours. I'm going to get my right. license. Exactly. I was like, Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not leaving here without the hours that I paid for. Right. So I so I started school in January 2016 and I graduated in May. So yeah, Marin, yeah, it's shut down right after I started, but I was at um San Diego City College. And it was oh, like okay. the program was only twenty five hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. You're probably I know. so I'm, happy that you didn't go through with Marinello, right? Yeah, I was looking at Marinello and another private school that was like Fifteen thousand dollars, and yeah. um, my husband, who's my boyfriend at the time, was like, "Is there really that big of a difference?" And I, of course, I wanted to go to the really pretty school, but I'm glad I went to the city mm-hmm. school. But yeah, we actually got a bunch of people from Marinello into our class because of um, the shutdown. The shutdown. <laughs> yeah, um, Marinello. I still remember it was eleven thousand dollars. Okay. Um, I. Yeah, how did you pay for it? Um, I actually you. didn't have to take out any loans. Okay. I had my grandmother had passed and left me pretty much like $11,000. Wow. Um, which was perfect. I mean, around there. Yeah. Um, which was perfect. And I worked mm-hmm. through just to, you know, feed myself and pay for gas. But yeah, I ended up not having to take out any loans. Amazing. And it was, it was great. But it was definitely like a I don't know. For a second, I was like, is this too expensive? And yeah. then, and it, it is a common thing that keeps coming up because I do have um, clients and stuff that want to be estheticians and people asking me like, oh, school's so expensive. You know, what do I do? I'm like, oh, get used to it. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, oh, you totally. will never stop paying for everything that you do, all of your education, all yep. of your tools. None of it's cheap. And it doesn't get any cheaper. (laughs) No, it it doesn't. And then if you want like higher level education or training, it's Mm -hmm. expensive. It's right. There's no, um, yeah, it doesn't get cheaper. That's really good. That's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. So you had this, this money and then you graduated and you took state board in April and you passed. Mm -hmm. And then, um, what did you do? Did you take state board in Sacramento? Is that what, did you have to go to Sacramento? Yeah, I went to Sacramento. I got a hotel room. I was so nervous. I like hardly slept. Yeah. And I went to Olive Garden the night before and like had a glass of wine. <laughs> and I did the thing that I learned in college where like you pick a time to stop and you just like literally stop studying, like stop looking at your book, stop yeah. doing your flashcards. So I still couldn't sleep. Um, and then I woke Fairfield, right? Is that I, where it was? I don't remember. I took, oh, you I probably took mine went in to... LA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Fairfield. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I took the test. Obviously, I mean, it's 
it's not super super hard I passed because I read my book cover to cover like three times at least (laughs) um and I was just like so relieved but I don't remember the test being that hard I just remember being so nervous right I'm like this is my one chance even though it's not of course (laughs) it feels like that um I had actually already got a job before I took my test but it was my acceptance was contingent on me passing so that is part of the reason why I was so nervous about it because I'm like oh I'm gonna lose this job like this is not the way I want to start my career but it ended up okay and I passed obviously we have so many parallels because I also had a job contingent on me passing that was that's so funny yes and so it was like if I don't pass I have to wait for another test date which could be months out right months and you are in but you know you don't want to go back to your cashier job but Yeah, I was just, yeah, it was very, very nerve-wracking, but. Yeah, I remember the test. I had a similar experience. I love the Olive Garden, by the way. Um, (laughs) When we meet in person, we should go to the Olive Garden. Oh, Um, my gosh, yes. (laughs) But we, um, yeah, I got a hotel room in L.A., and I had dinner by myself. I probably had a couple glasses of wine because I was so nervous. (laughs) Didn't sleep either, and then. Um, I couldn't eat either because I was so nervous and it was actually so much easier than, than I thought it would be. It just, right. the pressure is just so high Yeah, for what you just said. like it's, on In your own mind, it is yeah. so high. In reality, I mean, it would have sucked to not pass and have to go back, but yeah. Yeah. But okay. So then you passed and then you got a job and did you get, you got a job at, was it, um, Massage Envy? Is that the job that you got? Yes. Okay. Massage Envy. Yeah. Um, I got a job there. Basically, it's like a chain um, massage and facial place um, or like a franchise. Mm -hmm. And they were really hardcore into sales, obviously, Mm -hmm. and just cranking out like eight facials or, you know, five to eight facials a day. Um, And this is like the full massage theme, um, mostly massage during the facials. Okay. And I knew immediately that massage was not my thing and yeah. was not my strong point I wanted to focus on skin yeah so um yeah I worked there for three years and throughout the time that I worked there they um sent me to multiple trainings I got to make a lot of um you know there's a big learning curve putting your hands on real clients that are paying real money like yes. hundreds of dollars um so I got to make some mistakes without mm-hmm. having to pay for them myself. I think right. that was part of, yeah, why I ended up being successful when I branched out on my own three years right. later. Right, yeah. Because so- I didn't rush it, you know. I think a lot of people want to rush it. They're like, oh, get out of school and, like, start my own business right away. And maybe that does work for some people. And maybe because I was so young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very happy that I stuck with Massage Envy for as long as I did. Um They added on a couple new product lines when I was there. One of them was PCA. Mm -hmm. And PCA was my first uh, exposure to more of a clinical, higher strength, like higher end brand, Mm -hmm. but very clinical results. So we were doing chemical peels. um, And that's what I fell in love with is actually just focusing on the skin, Mm -hmm. uh, learning more about ingredients and how to create a regimen. Um, that suits your client's needs and helps them with their goals. And that was more of like my little niche, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't do massage still to this day, 
I do have some clients that I'll say, can we do like a massage? And I'm just, that's not me. (laughs) I can send you to my massage therapist, Elaine. (laughs) But not not you. I totally hear you. That's hilarious. I'm the same. Exact same. Yeah. Okay. So at Massage Envy, you were learning how to treat the skin, create plans. Um, You were, you, since you were working for someone else, if you didn't do a great facial, it didn't really hurt you. Right. You were just learning. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a similar experience too, where, you know, I was working for someone else and definitely at the beginning, I probably didn't do great facials, but that's the only way I learned. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you just don't want to start learning on your own dime and making those mistakes. Yeah. Um, I know you, people get excited and, and want to just like get out there and start, but oh my gosh, I don't even know if I would have made it here if I had tried to do all that on my dime or, mm-hmm. you know, and my reputation, mm-hmm. you know, cause I still live in the same town. So, yeah. Yeah. And not that I was doing anything like terribly like bad or anything, no. but I just wasn't. Where it's good. Yeah. You're not well-spoken. You're not well-versed on ingredients. You just don't have that people skill, I guess, in customer service yet. It's a different type of customer service than you, than you learn when you're you know, a cat, a checkout girl or something. Yeah. And, you know, I, I knew acne was something that I liked right away, but I didn't really know that much about it. And so I made a lot of acne mistakes on the clients that were at my first job because I didn't really know it was, you know, it was a mistake. I didn't realize I gave them the wrong products and I, right. um, Steamed their face, gave them a scrub. (laughs) I used microderm, you know, on their acne. Oh yeah. Me too, girl. I've done the, I've done the same thing. I made the same mistakes and all that experience that I got on working on like hundreds and hundreds of faces. Yes. Um, then I was able to, you know, learn how the skin reacts to certain things, learn what to do if the skin does have a bad reaction. Exactly. How to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're yeah. under the umbrella of someone else who, that they can teach you, they can, they can guide you. And it's not just you now, you don't know what to do if something, you know, you put the wrong thing on someone. I remember I put actually PCAs. Do you remember their salicylic mask? Did you guys use that? It is a very no, strong that, mask. That's actually before my time, I think, or after maybe, I'm not sure. But I, yeah, I can't remember when it came out, but it was, um, they still have it and it's, it's a fantastic oh, okay. mask, but it's mm-hmm. very strong. It's like yeah, 12% salicylic or something. Oh gosh. Yeah. And um, the woman I worked for was like, it works wonders, like do on acne. And I put it on someone's face and like literally her face was on fire and it took us forever to calm her down. And she was like peeling for days and it was just a big mess. It was fine. Her skin mm-hmm. healed. It was fine. But I had learned like so much through that. Like, first of all, like, don't put something that strong on someone's face you just met. The first time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. I have all these different things, you know? And so it was a really, um, that was like one of the things that I learned, like, like how to use products, back bar products on, on skin and all that stuff. I really learned. Working yes. Yeah. Well put. Well yeah. put. Yeah. Um, they're su- self-neutralizing peels and face realities too. Um, the self-neutralizing peels are, oh my gosh. Kevin so said, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> They're so much better. So good. I know. I do love PCA pills. So they are really amazing. And yeah. obviously face reality. Okay. So then you're working for a few years. And I remember you told this last time, but remind the listeners, at what point did you start your own business? So I worked there for a total of three years. And I think two years in, I started to feel very, um, 
I don't even really remember exactly how I put it, but I was like, I am outgrowing this place. My skills are not being utilized. I can't keep doing all these massages all day. I want to help people's skin. I'd have acne clients um, that were not getting any results. Mm-hmm. Um, and I f- went on an interview with a woman who owned an acne clinic. And I remember reading the ad on on Craigslist and it said, um, no massage, no waxing, skin only. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. <gasps> like I've never actually put it into words, but like this is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Whatever I interviewed, I interviewed with her and I didn't get the job and I was like absolutely crushed. Oh. But I remember during the interview, I was like, kind of curious like what lines you got back there you know and she's mm-hmm. like oh you know I have face reality and a couple of my own and I remember hearing face reality so when she told me I didn't get the job I cried for a couple days of course and then googled it and I found the acne training okay and at that point it was it was like upwards of a thousand dollars right yeah yeah um so and that it was it you didn't get product back it was just a thousand dollars Gone. Yeah, you didn't yeah. get yeah, you didn't get product back. Um, but I at this point I knew how much massage envy was spending to send me to these trainings. Okay. I I knew how much my back bar was at massage envy. It was three thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, so I I knew that it was gonna be expensive for me to branch out on my own. But mm-hmm. luckily this is around April again, which was like tax return time. Mm. So my tax return was like what a thousand dollars and like maybe some change. So I just spent it on the training. Amazing. Um, yeah. And that is where things like started to get really good for me is learning specific acne treatments and just like really, really corrective targeted skincare. And so this was in 2018, I'm assuming. Yep. That's when my, yep. Okay, so 2018, so you started, you took Face Reality's course, you started learning about protocols, how to really treat the different types of acne and skin. At that point, did you start your own, like, did you go and find a space? How did you, where did you, like, how did you start the, 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 your actual business working on clients? Yeah. How did that look? Yeah, I, I started a little... I had a little space that was inside um, this really sweet woman who was doing nail. She wasn't there often, but I had like a little tiny, almost like closet. And then I, uh, sorry, Massage Envy, I had a couple acne clients that I would see for, you know, every single month. And I told them, I'm like, hey, I'm starting my own thing. I'm not really supposed to say this, yeah, yeah, yeah. but whatever. I did it. I'm yeah. not sorry. <laughs> no, that's how it, what um, everyone does. That's just part of the industry. I know, right? We're not supposed yeah. to, but. Um, so yeah, I took the couple of clients that I thought I could really, really help that had been seeing me consistently at Massage Envy. And I told them that I'm starting my own thing. I told them about what I had been learning and what I had been practicing and focusing on and the product line that I was using. And luckily they came with me. Okay. Um, and I was able to clear their acne and one, um, specifically was super, I mean, most people are willing to let me use their pictures, Mm -hmm. uh, one of my coworker friends was um, my coworker at Massage Envy. She was willing to let me use her pictures. And so I was able to clear her acne, use those to market myself. And then I just had clients like, I mean, it, it hasn't always been linear, you know. Sure. But um, since that and since I've been getting or since I was getting better and more accustomed to 
using the product line and learning everything about it. The clients have been rolling in. <laughs> so um, we can get to like this client that you, your friend or client that you got to use the before and afters, what kind of acne did she have? Um, remember? She had very inflamed acne and I can actually send you a picture. I still have it on my Instagram. Yeah. Um, I would say severe inflamed. So then how long did she get results? Um, she was quick because as you know, inflamed acne responds the quickest to products, especially with face reality. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pretty quick. I would say like three to four months and she was very dedicated and very sweet. And I also, I forgot to mention the first couple of people that I started to see, I was treating them for completely free. I just had them pay for their products. Okay. And that was like a very select few people that I knew would be great hype women for me, you know, uh-huh, they would let uh-huh. me use their pictures, they would tell their friends. But yeah, I would say like three to four months. And so then what was it? So like, obviously, you know, I'm face reality fangirl, but what what was it about face reality that was different than PCA, which I also love PCA, but not for acne. Yeah. Um, that really right. like you feel like the results you could get that quickly because obviously this woman she's a coworker so she's an esthetician. No, 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 a... sorry, she worked at the front desk. Oh, she, she worked, worked at the front desk. Okay, yeah, sorry. So she worked at the front desk at a place that they do skincare, and yeah. had severe inflamed acne. So what, like, why? What do you think specifically about face realities protocols or products? Um, well, I think first off the price, Mm. face reality is more accessible to Mm -hmm. the, and usually the people that are really struggling with acne are in the, you know, maybe like teens, twenties, and we still struggle in our thirties too, but, um, that's like predominantly my clientele Mm -hmm. and it was so much more affordable and accessible and just super niche down and focused. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think also since she was very trusting of me and I was just so gung-ho, like all about face reality, she was like, all right, I'm on board. Do whatever you want. I'll, I'll do whatever you say. Mm-hmm. And got the results, which was so awesome, like life-changing for her. Oh, yeah. I can, I mean, I know it's, it is life-changing. So you, yeah, I think, but to put it simply, I think it's just the accessibility, the yeah. price. Yeah. For what it is, it's you cannot beat it. I mean, absolutely. It, you can't get that level of skincare for that price anywhere else. No, 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 no. Um, especially the drugstore. <laughs> right. So it also sounds like though that you really believed in the process and you trusted the process. And even though, you know, you could have had a lot of doubt, you just pushed forward. Like you said, you were gung-ho and you, like your belief kind of carried Right. I think it kind of goes back to that thing where I was like, this has to work. I don't Mm -hmm. really have any other options. I mean, I'm sure I did, but in my mind, there wasn't any other options and there wasn't anything else that I wanted to do. I never wanted to do a massage on somebody's face ever again in my entire life. I never (laughs) wanted to go back to massage envy. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I wanted to help my clients who I'd been seeing for years at massage envy and I couldn't get their acne to budge. Yes. They're, you know, they're counting on me. They're betting on me. They've already invested money in me. So, right. Like it has to work. And it does. It did. 
So then, okay, so you had a couple people that you did for free. And then when did you start charging and how did you decide on like what you have, like what you were going to charge for services? Yeah. So I was doing, I used three like um, guinea pigs and that I did not charge. Um, And when I started charging, I think my first treatment was $65. Okay. Is that for an hour or half an hour or how long? I mean, it probably took me like 30 to 45 minutes to do the full treatment. Okay. Um, this is back when I first started with face reality and I did, um, let's see, I did a chemical peel usually or an enzyme. I did extractions and I did a little bit of high frequency. Okay. And that would usually take me like 30 to 45. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, uh, yeah. I, so I just charged 65 and then when I raised my prices pretty much like a year later, I think I raised them to 75 because I added up everything that it, the, everything that I used to perform a treatment Mm -hmm. and broke those numbers down. Actually, I think I had one of my friends do it for me because I'm not very good at the math, (laughs) but, um, So we decided it's time to raise my prices. I raised them to 75 for a while. Um, I think last year after or in like the midst of COVID, I raised them to 85 just because, as you know, sanitation supplies, gloves, like cavi wipes, all that stuff, they just like skyrocketed and it was almost impossible to get them. Right. So I raised my prices for that. And then now that I've been an esthetician for five years, I've been using face reality for three um, I ra- I think I'm a- about to raise my prices again up like a hundred somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that. I love kind of the evolution um, of your prices. It's it's a thing that a lot of my clients that are estheticians have a hard time. They they should be raising their prices and they don't, mm-hmm. or they they start like myself. I started my prices super low because I wanted to be quote unquote competitive. Right. But you don't really make any money. And if anything, you may be just barely breaking even if that, or you may be not making any, any profit. You're just barely paying right. your bills. So right. How... You're, not doing the, you're not doing the best work that you can when you're not making money. Money is just a tool for you to, you know, educate yourself more and expand your offerings and bring better equipment into your treatment room to help your clients more. So raising your prices is really you know, it's good for you, but it's also going to be good for your clients. I mean, how could you afford your Saluma panel if you didn't raise your prices or stuff like that, you know? Right, right. So you, so I think that's such a good point because um, a lot of estheticians, I feel like think raising your prices means like you're being selfish or you want a lot of money, but I personally view it as you value your time and you value your business and you want a business that's going to be long lasting. And if you're barely breaking, even and you're not making a profit, your business won't last because you can't live off of no money. Right. I know. I think that's a really good point. And that is important to remember. Um, I think also it's just, yeah, like you expanding, like education is not cheap. Right. (laughs) And so to continue to evolve, you're going to need money to do that. Yeah. And your clients want you to get better. They want new things. They want education under your belt. So it's for both of you guys. It also, is. one thing that I 
I do, I have been raising my prices when I'm fully booked and I cannot get anyone else in. I know that it's time to raise that. Yep. That's a good indicator that it's time to raise your prices. When you are slammed with clients and you don't have time to get anyone else in, you need to raise your prices. 100%. 100%. Yep. That's my advice always. Um, how did you decide on your hours and, and are your hours the same as the, when you opened and kind of how, how did you decide on that? Cause that's a big, even for my esthetician clients that are, you know, very successful. Some, some of them are working 50 hours a week seeing clients. Oh my gosh. I know they're insane. So how did you decide on like how many hours you want to work a week and all of that? Um, I've been play. I play around with it and it just depends on what phase I am in my life. But I think it's also, it's really important for me. So I start work at 12. My first Mm -hmm. client is at 12 because it's really important for me to wake up, stretch, work out. And, you know, you can't just roll into work, like, like roll out of bed and, and come into work. So I have some food in my stomach, get all those like back end things done. I get to work. I pretty much wake up every day with like at least 10 Instagram DMs or emails about products that people need. So all that has to be taken to, um, has to be completed before I start my work day. Um, so yeah, I start work at 12 and then my last, I take my last client at five. So I'm done by six. Okay. Um, I think it's, it works good for me right now. I still find myself like literally just swamped with stuff to do, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I and right now I work five days a week, but in the past I have worked four, and that was really nice. Mm. Um, yeah, I will go back to that soon. But are you trying- working the weekends as well, or is it Monday through Friday? Oh no, not the weekends. Because I know if I was if I had people scheduled on the weekends, I would be tempted to call them and reschedule them, and that is something that like I do not do. I do not reschedule people unless I'm dying, like unless I have COVID or something. Mm-hmm. I will not reschedule. Um, or if something, you know, happens, like, for example, something happened in my treatment room a couple years ago and there was a water leak and, right. you know, if it's unsafe, if it's unsafe for them to come in, I will reschedule. But I don't do it for fun. I don't do it to go have lunch. I don't do it for, you know, a vacation. Right. I, If their appointment is on the books, I try as hard as I can to keep it. I love that you say that because I think that's a thing in the culture of estheticians where it's like, well, I'll just bump them. I'll just move them. And then mm-hmm. then what ends up happening is your clients don't take your time seriously because you don't take their time seriously. Right. It's unprofessional. Yeah. And so I, I think in the time – in Bailey's Beauty, the times that I had to reschedule people was like three times. Like one, my friend <laughs> died unexpectedly. Well, right. she was sick, but it was like, I didn't expect her to die that day. And, um, and then I, I was vomiting the two other times. Like I had some stomach right. bug one and time that- and the other time I was pregnant and was just like, couldn't <laughs> keep anything down. and was just vomiting nonstop. So I had to cancel and my You're morning. not going to do the service that your client is paying for in that case. So yes. that's totally, I'm not saying that like, you know, you should, you should go work even if you feel sick. Um, but I think it should be taken very seriously those yes. times. Yeah. And, and my cancellation policy is that if I like cancel on you, you get half off your, your service when you reschedule. Yeah. I've been doing the same thing. And I think that that makes my clients feel really good. And it, it just lets them know how much I care and how much I value them as a client and that 
I respect their time just as much as they're respecting my time. Yeah. And then if they like cancel on you, you're like, no girl, I'm charging you because I I would give you the same, you know, if I like canceled on you. So, right. So you mentioned that you had the one client that had really great, you know, inflamed acne results and then you promoted her on social media is this is a thing that people ask me a lot of, and I don't ever have a clear answer because when it comes to marketing and getting new clients, it's one of those things that you kind of do everything. And sometimes some of it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it also changes throughout the year, like what works on in the summertime doesn't really work in the winter time, but how right. did you build your clientele? Was it, did you have ads? Did you do a referral program? What did you do? Just a snapshot. You don't have to tell me details because that would be like another hour. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. I started by doing, like, I think I promoted a couple Instagram posts, but it didn't really work super well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what worked well for me is I ended up hiring a social media coach because social media is fun for me. So yeah. that was a part of my job that I was really excited. Now I don't have any time to do it because I'm so swamped with clients. Right. But um, back in the day, actually, this is like probably when COVID started to before COVID hit. Um, I hired a social media coach and she helped me um, understand the algorithm a little bit, understand what type of posts people respond to. And that is really what drove my, like my books were full, full. Um, Mm. Also, I do live in kind of a small town. Well, not small, but yeah, it's a college town. It's a college town. Yeah. I went to high school here. And so, and I've worked in this town, you know, like I said, I worked at Massage Envy. I worked as a checkout girl. Um, I know a lot of people, so word of mouth just spreads really quickly. Okay. Um, and now it's so funny because sometimes I'll just be out and somebody will be like, do you do like skin on the, on Instagram? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you're a local celebrity. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So it's kind of all the above. So you did, you hired someone to help you. It's referrals. It's, it's just putting, putting yourself out there. I think that's the common question I get from people who are new estheticians or building their businesses, like how, 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 and, and the same thing with me, I, I did find success in Instagram ads. It was different when Mm -hmm. I first started to when, when COVID started, the ads changed and how Facebook and Instagram ads work, but ads did help with me. I also had a referral program and, um, I tried like Groupon. I talked about that before. It was a big fail. I also did Yelp ads and that helped a little bit as well. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where like, I kind of would take my budget and just put it in everything and then see yeah. every, some months it would work in some places and some work, months it didn't work, you know, and it was just part of the game. Right. I think also what helped me too is like, we were talking about the professionalism. Mm-hmm. I've taken that very seriously from day one. I, you know, I don't cancel on my clients. I don't uh, you know, cross the line between like clients and friends. I just try and be really Mm. professional, polite. Um, I think also something that we don't talk about is, you know, if you're not performing a quality service and people aren't getting results, you won't grow your clientele. And that's just kind of something, I don't know why we don't talk about that more. I think we don't want to like hurt anybody's feelings, but if you're not doing a good job, you won't be able to grow your clientele. And maybe you need to go back to the drawing board sometimes. Yeah. 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 I a hundred percent. I think, um, 
you know, being in, are you in the same space that you were in before? Are you now in like a solo, like a solo salon place or? No, I, I rent a room inside another salon, but I came to that salon like with my own clientele. Okay. Um, and right now I'm working on manifesting my own studio. But Yay! yeah. <laughs> So I worked in like one of those solo salon type things. And so I would see other, you know, hairdressers or whatever, um, nails, whatever. And you would see people's quality of work regularly. Mm -hmm. And you you could see the people that were very consistent in their work and really knew what they were doing. And then others that I felt like were jack of all trades where they did, (laughs) like this one woman did skin, hair, eyelash extensions, she, because she was a Cosmo, she, she even did yeah. pedicures and manicures. She did everything, and her work oh, was just not great. It was yeah. just really, and her prices were super low because she was trying to just fill her books. And mm-hmm. I know this is not going to be surprising to you, but then her, she ran, she, her business failed. Like she, you can't yeah. maintain that, right? And. I think she was a, probably running all over the place, frazzled. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I had another woman that just graduated from school and wanted to do only waxing, but didn't really know how to wax mm-hmm. and didn't really develop the skill. And also her business didn't last very many months. And so you're like, what, you know, you're spending all this time and money in, and something that you don't actually have that much knowledge on. You need to right. make sure you get, you have the knowledge before you invest the time and money. Cause it's, it, as we, as we've said multiple times, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. Niche down and spend all of your time doing that thing that you really love. Um, because I could do somebody's eyebrows, but it's not going to be good. Nope. Um, or like I said before, I could maybe do a massage for somebody, but it's not going to be good. I know that if I send them to my SC friend that does brows, they're going to have a better experience and that's just going to work better for everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay. So then, so you've opened your business, you, um, started growing, you know, word of mouth started spreading. Um, and now you have fully, fully booked schedules and you, you have a wait list, right? Yeah, I do. So how, how long have you been managing a wait list? How is, what is that like for you? It's not the most organized thing in the world because, (laughs) you know, as your business grows, there's so many other systems that need to be in place. Yes. Um, And you're just kind of like taking it day by day and figuring out, figuring it out as you go. So um, I'll just, in my Instagram bio, I I recently changed my bio to not accepting new clients. And then I will just, um, when somebody messages me, I'll just take their email down. And then when I've been able to like get some gaps in my schedule here and there, I will email them and let them know. I also kind of give them a rundown of what I do and how I work. Because that is one thing about niching down. Mm-hmm. You want to be very clear about what you do. And so I give them a little rundown and I say, Hi, I'm Molly. I'm an esthetician. I don't do, you know, I don't do massage. <laughs> I don't do lashes. I don't do all that stuff. I specialize in acne and problem skin and results driven corrective treatments. And if they're still interested, I open up a spot on my schedule and I say, you can go ahead and book a consultation. Right. Um, okay. And that kind of weeds out all the people that want other things. Too. Great. Great. That's what I was going to ask you. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I like the way that you approach your wait list. I, as you know, I work with estheticians that are you know, their business is booming. And one of the things is a wait list and it can, there's lots of different ways to approach it. 
and you mm-hmm. can really, really manage it, or you can kind of do it like you just kind of, it's kind of a free for all, but I like the way that you do right. it where it's kind of, you have them understand like what it is that they're signing up for and the commitment to level is a little bit there. Right. Yeah. Before. Yeah. And would you say that having a wait list, so this is something that some of my esthetician clients struggle with is they're afraid of being so booked and having a wait list that people, when they come in are going to have this like elevated sense of expectation because they've waited so long to come in. How has your experience been around that? Has that been something oh, you've experienced gosh. or no, or I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, at this point I'm pretty confident. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I just give them the, the best service that I can. I do my best and I think I haven't really had an issue with that either. Yeah. And I think that's a fallacy that people believe. Right. And, you know, I never, yeah. I never had you know, when my business really started to peak and people really wanted to get in to see me, it, it was like my, the clients that came in were even more compliant than the clients. Right. Yes. They know what they're getting into. And yes, like I have clients that have waited for six months on my wait list. And by the time they're in my treatment room, they are not messing around. around. They're not the type of people that are going to miss their appointments or not purchase their products or, you know, do things that I told them not to do or use their old skincare, they're like 100% in for it. Right. And they get the best results. A lot of it depends on them anyways. So. Right. Right. And so circling back to our, our love of face reality. Um, so you're, how many clients, I feel like you told me this last time, but how many clients do you think are on face reality products do you have? Cause I, I think I, I, right now I think I have about 65 people, but, and I don't see them anymore. I don't see right, yeah. clients, <laughs> um, that are still purchasing from me. So how many people do you think are buying face reality products? Oh my gosh. My business is outgrown me, Brittany. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like 300, 300. So I think around there, I yeah. mean, and yeah, you some most, of them and the, the whole, um, you know, how face reality, um, what's the word that I'm like, they can buy from the web, website yes. and select us as their esthetician uh-huh, uh-huh. so they can get the non-actives that yes. is helping me a ton. Um, but yeah, I need, I'm like bursting at the seams right now. I need a studio. I don't have enough room in my tiny little house <laughs> and my tiny little room to keep the products that I need in stock. <laughs> yeah. You do need a studio. You need a studio. You need, do you have an online store? You need an online store as well. I need an online store too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Your life will change. I, I love the online store. It's do so you? easy too. Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't okay. take that much time and it's life changing. Um, okay. Yeah. It, I, it, I, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> offline. It's, just, it's a great thing to do. What do you think, like, the impact that face reality has made on your business and on your client's life? Um, face reality is really the catalyst that, I mean, it's how I built my business. Yeah. It's the foundation for sure. Yeah. I think that their their system, the education that they provide is 
so useful and you can't get it in a lot you can't really get it anywhere else Mm -hmm. um that yeah I mean I built my business on face reality so I basically have them to thank for all this I mean of course I you know I had to pay my dues and learn a lot of lessons along the way but their products and their education is really what's lifted me up so I can even grow as further you know what I mean yeah as big as I have yeah yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I I built my whole business around face reality and mm-hmm. I I often stop and think like how would my business have been without face reality and how would my clients' lives been without face reality? And I don't know because before I worked with face reality, none of the other lines I worked with, I could get the results. Not even yeah, not even a little bit. And even if you could get the results, you would be asking your clients to spend yes. like six hundred seven hundred dollars on their home care regimen right and they're not going to be consistent with that no because i mean some people will yeah not many people can not my demographic yeah not Not here in chico california (laughs) no right it's that's not very i mean that's not very real like i don't even spend six hundred seven hundred dollars on my skincare routine and i'm a skincare addict no yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i I won't spend much money on skincare regularly so right well, oh my gosh, I love how much our stories have parallels and um, that we both built our business around the same time, around face reality. We both went to school around the same time. I know, that's so funny. Both acne And we've literally been following each other on Instagram for like years. I know, <laughs> and, and you were one of the only estheticians I would follow for years because <laughs> I didn't, I just did not want to see what other people were doing and feel, um, you know, yeah. insecure or whatever. We talked about all that <laughs> yeah, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm so it's really great. And I love I love watching your business grow and watching it explode. And you totally deserve all that has come to you. And I Thank love Thank you to so see, much, Brittany. Yeah, I That's love to sweet. see what you do for people's lives. It's incredible. I'm telling you, you guys, was it that so awesome? I um Thank you, Molly, again, for your time. As you heard, she is a busy, busy lady and, um, giving me about an hour of her time is really a gift and a gift, I think for all of us. And I just loved hearing her story. Um, and I hope it serves some inspiration for you. If you are a new esthetician, I hope it gives you some sense of camaraderie. If you, you know, been an esthetician longer and you've had a business for a while and you kind of feel like you need more esthetician friends that are kind of in the same world that you're in. Me and Molly were your friends. Um, yeah. Thank you again, Molly. That was so much fun. Um, and I will see you guys next week. I have another fun podcast and have a couple more interviews scheduled and hoping to air those as well soon. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic week. Bye for now. Okay, if you have a growing estrogen business and you feel like it's just completely overwhelming you, you don't have any free time, your clients need a lot out of you, and you don't have the time or energy to really maintain it, and you kind of just feel like you're surviving, I can help you. That's what I do. I work with estheticians that are at that stage of their business that really need systems and organization and a lot of time. To, to devote towards it. If you're interested in learning more, you can hop on a free call with me 
through using the link in the show notes and we can see if we're a good fit for each other. I will talk to you there.